0: It is, uh, it's so good to be here. My name is Chris, and uh, it, I, I am honored uh, to be able to share with you this morning, and uh, thank you. Uh, Pastor Dustin, I know you are watching. You will be watching at least at some point, and uh, thank you for that uh, word of hope. That is very encouraging. I want to I wanna, uh, start by, first of all, expressing my thanks to uh, Pastor Jeff, uh, who led us in the transition over these last three months and and uh, what a incredible um, blessing it was to have Pastor Jeff Farmer lead us over these three months to, to to bring that stability and that life and that encouragement over these three months so Pastor Jeff, I just want to honor you I want to say thank you to you for bringing the word for bringing the life of the, the talk about praise and the Holy Spirit so good so thank you so much for that uh, I appreciate that I also want to say uh, a special thanks to the board of your church um, of our church your church of our church of uh, and and um, uh, you know the the board members of this church have handled this transition so well. I'm in the midst of I've been working with six different churches who are in pastoral transition, and it's tricky already to do a pastoral transition, but it's really tricky to do a pastoral transition in the midst of a pandemic. And uh, and your board has functioned so well with such clarity uh, and and, uh, and encouragement and compassion. Um, decisive in, their, uh, in the way they've gone about it. So I just, I just want to say thank you to the board. Um, Jamie, Marshall, Paul, Tana, and, and, uh, and Jeff. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> I still love you, though. Um, thank you. Thank you to the board for just handling this transition so well. And I, I'm so excited that Pastor Dustin is coming uh, he'll be here in about a month. So, first of all, thank you to the board. Can we just say thank you to the board for the way they've handled this so beautifully? Uh, I just want to be able to say that to you. Thank you. I am excited for, for Pastor Dustin. Between now and then, um, the, the board asked if I would help sort of uh, navigate this one-month uh, transition between when Pastor Jeff finished his assignment and when Pastor Dustin begins uh, on Super Bowl Sunday, which is a great day for Pastor Dustin to start because the Seahawks course will be playing, and it'll be a good day for him to begin as a Seahawks fan, right? That's that's right. So so um, so uh, I I uh, in the next three weeks, next week you're going to hear from Pastor Aaron Sutherland. Aaron is a dear friend. All of these who are going to be speaking are really close friends. What, what, what it is, is just some friends of Open Bible who are going to be speaking to you these next two weeks. Next week, Pastor Aaron Sutherland, who pastors Cove Church in Eugene, Oregon, and um, formerly New Hope Eugene, and he is now the director of Discover Church Planting. He took over the role that I served in over the last several years uh, before I stepped into my new role. So uh, Aaron Sutherland next week. The following week, uh, Pastor Kelly Armstrong. Of course, Pastor Kelly was here on staff with us. Uh, years ago, and then we sent him, and he launched a new church, Center Church in Spokane, so Pastor Kelly will be with us on the 17th, and then on the 24th, uh, another good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Mike Nortoon, who pastored Concord, Christian, uh, Concord or Life Church in Concord, uh, California, and uh, Pastor Mike is uh, planted that church about 10 years ago, great church. Um, really, uh, really great church. He's a great communicator. Uh, he's part of our church planting team, and and uh, as well. So, uh, really excited to hear from each of them. And you're gonna, you're gonna love. It. Now, I encourage you to start inviting people. Invite people to church. I used to get people used to coming to church uh, before Pastor Dustin comes, and then let's just fill this place up. I know we don't have a lot of capacity, but let's do it anyway, right? Let's do it. So. Um, so thank you um, again for, for being here this morning. I'd like just to open in a word of prayer uh, this morning before we launch into the word. I'm excited about the word this morning. Uh, and, uh, but I want us to open in a word of prayer. And I just want to invite you um, just to bow your heads with me. And if you're going through something today... If you maybe have something going on, uh, there's somebody in your life who is sick and you're concerned about them, or you haven't been, you know, doing particularly well in your health for some reason. Uh, maybe there's some other issue. Maybe it's a relationship or a financial issue. Uh, maybe there's there's just something going on. I just want to pray for you this morning, just before we start. Maybe you're online and uh, you're you're going through some difficulty. I know. Um, I want us to pray for Judy Christensen. Judy's going to be going in for some tests this next week for some health issues. And so I want us to be praying for Judy. Um, I even know uh, just by talking to Paul this morning, Paul Becker dealing with some stuff, uh, vertigo that uh, he's dealing with. So let's just ask God to heal, ask God to provide, and let's just pray this morning. Father God, I am so grateful that you are a miraculous, a miracle working God. God, and you're present with us. You're here with us right now, in our midst. It's evident in our time together as in worship. Lord, it's, it's evident because you've promised it to be true. And Lord, for those who are dealing with um, health issues, relationship issues, financial issues, job, finance, whatever it is, Lord, we just ask for you to touch them. Lord, we ask for you to heal. Lord, we stand on the authority of your word that tells us that if we ask, Lord, that uh, anything in your name, that you will do it. Lord, I think about the centurion uh, servant, Lord, that came to, you, to Jesus and said he needed a servant to be healed, but, but Lord, that was the first remote healing as I, I know about because he said, you don't have to come into my home, you just say the word and my servant will be healed. So Lord, right now, for those who are online, for those who are distant, for those who are wherever they are. Lord, we we just ask you, God, please say the word and let your healing be done. Let your provision be done. Lord, let the reconciliation be done. Lord, we just ask for your touch. Lord, and I just ask that as we share the word this morning that you would set me aside, that our eyes would be fixed and focused on Jesus. Lord, we need to hear from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it's 2021. We made it. We did it. Well, here we are. We survived it, right? We made it through 2020. Nobody saw 2020 coming, um, but most of us are happy to see 2020 go. And... uh uh, we, you know, it's funny about 2020 as, as a lot of us at the beginning of last year made a bunch of plans. <laughs> Isn't that kind of funny to think about? <laughs> we made plans and goals and stuff, and, and what it reminded us of is that we don't really, we aren't really as in charge as we think we are. We don't really have as much control as we believe we have. Uh, we can control the things we can control, but ultimately God is in control of everything that happens, and we, we can't control how we respond to the things that happen. And, um, you know, but we did learn some things in 2020 probably, the, you know, some things we wanted to learn, some things we didn't want to learn. You know, we learned new ways to communicate. We learned new, new ways to work. We learned probably how to entertain ourselves at home a little more frequently. <laughs> um, uh, we had to learn how to communicate more at home because we were home more often, right? And uh, some of us learned maybe how to cut our own hair. That usually didn't go very well. Uh, but we learned some things uh, at being home over this last year and, and going through the stuff we went through this last year. But we've been, we've encountered some collective challenges as a world that none of us have ever been through before. I don't need to go through those because we all went through them together. Except I just want to acknowledge that that I recognize that in the last this last year in particular, people have gone through some really hard things. Whether you've lost somebody, whether it's COVID related or not COVID related, you know I know that that we lose people, we we go through grief, and and it makes that year have a particular you know. Um, uh, memory uh, connected to it. Or maybe you've dealt with the loss of uh, some of your uh, livelihood. Maybe you lost part of your job because of the consequences of the pandemic or something. Or maybe you just dealt with some, some just true loneliness because of some of the isolation that you experienced. We we all deal with, with uh, difficulty in different ways, and we've been through kind of a collective trauma. Some deal with it very outwardly. Some deal with it very inwardly. Some deal with it... You know, with anger and some deal with it with just kind of being reclusive. We all deal with it differently, but everybody's been touched by it. And the truth is, there are some things that are never going to be the same again. That's just the reality. There are some things in our society that are never going to be the same again. And, and there are some things, of course, that we are going to miss, and there are those you know, that I've spoken to, myself included, that have just longed for things to just get back to normal, whatever that is, or or some semblance of what it was like a year ago before all of this pandemic hit. But this this is a new day. This is a new day. Memories are, can be beautiful. Traditions are important. I'm a person of tradition. I love traditions. In fact, for my family, I bought them... Um, uh, You know, a lot of my family, uh, 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 garments, you know, a coat or a sweatshirt with uh, our family crest on it because I just love heritage and I love tradition. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, And they hold an important place in our lives. They can ground us in our heritage. They can remind us of our roots. They can connect us to uh, unchanging values and truths, those things matter, but if we if we long to go back to how things were, we may just miss the creative work of God's Spirit to take us into something new and something beautiful. I always believe the Spirit of God is doing something. There's always some new wind of God's Spirit that is doing something new, and I don't want any of us to miss that. God's a creator, and God is a creator whose imagination becomes reality at the breath of His voice, and God has made us in His image, and He has breathed that creative life of His Holy Spirit into our lives, and I believe He desires for us to look at things through His eyes, through His imagination, and uh, and, and He's given us the capacity to be like Jesus and to see obstacles as opportunities and to reflect the goodness of God that is all around us. That's what He wants us to do. And I just want to ask you today, will you be a person this year, will you be a person in 2021 with a God-driven imagination to see things through God's perspective? And will you be a person in 2021 with Jesus-driven imitation to be like Him? I was watching a golf tournament a couple of weeks ago because there's nothing more exciting on television than watching a golf tournament, and uh, I was watching this golf tournament. It's called the PNC Championship. And in this particular tournament, uh, players, the, go- the professionals play with family members in this tournament. It's kind of fun to watch. And, and Tiger Woods, one of the greatest golfers, you know, he, he will go down as one of the greatest golfers, went through some difficult personal issues, uh, health issues, and then, but he's kind of come back and has recovered from that. But he he was playing with his 11-year-old son, Charlie. And it was fascinating for me to watch Tiger and Charlie play golf together because you could see such clear similarities between the two of them. And I just took a couple, I found a couple minute clip that shows some of those similarities. I just want you to watch this for a minute and just watch how similar, how how Charlie imitates Tiger. Just watch this for a couple minutes. It's just fascinating to me to watch just how similar they are, just how they act in the same way, at least in their golf game. I don't know how they are in their personal lives, but it's it's fascinating to watch those similarities. Also, I'm very jealous of of Charlie as an 11 year old, the way he can golf. But, but um, it makes me think of this question. You know, here's, here's, here's Charlie that looks just like his dad in the game of golf. But here's, here's the, the bigger question the important question is when people look at your life, when people see you and the way you respond, the way you act, the way you speak, just your spirit, do they say, She looks just like Jesus? He looks just like Jesus. He wants us to be like Him. Jesus wants us to be just like Him. And if you haven't been, maybe, today's a new day, and we have an opportunity to start again, and I don't want us to miss what God has ahead for us. So since it's the beginning of a new year, I, I want us to start at the beginning of the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 this morning is where I'm going to be. And I just want to walk through these uh, first few verses of Genesis one 1 together, and it starts this way. It says, In the beginning... God. In the beginning, God. Now, when it's talking about the beginning, it's talking about the beginning uh, of time and space as we know it. Um, You know, uh, and then it says, in the beginning, God. God is assumed. The, The Bible never attempts to prove the existence of God. The Bible just assumes God's existence. In the beginning, God. He was there. He was always there. He has no, God has no beginning and God has no end. God operates outside of space and time. So in other words, God can be at the birth of Moses at the same time that he is at the birth of my grandson who has not yet even been conceived or granddaughter or whoever it's going to be. I don't have any of those yet. But if I do have one, God could be at the birth of Moses at the same time he's at the birth of my first grandchild. God could be at the, on the, uh, present with us here right now and he can also be present with Paul on the road to Damascus all at the same time because God operates outside of space and time and that kind of blows our mind and it's hard for us to put, wrap our head around it. But God is the self-existent one. He is the God of all eternity. Uh, the, the scripture in James says our life, as we currently understand it, is just a vapor. It doesn't mean that it isn't important, but it means that in the context of all time and eternity, our life is just a vapor. So let's make the very best of that time that we have on this earth. Uh, the, the, the Scripture, you know, so, so when we think of, of, of maybe having a long wait, we had to wait a long time. Our long wait is God's blink of an eye. Scripture tells us the, the, uh, to the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and that the Lord is not slow about His promise, as some count slowness. God is eternal. He he is outside of space and time, but there He was in the beginning. In the beginning, God. And then it says, in the beginning, God created. The very first activity or characteristic we learn about God at the very beginning of the Bible is that He's a creator. God is an innovator. God loves to make something out of nothing. That's one of the things he, he loves to do. He is, he, uh, all through Scripture, we see him acting in creative, uh, innovative ways to accomplish his purposes and i think that his characteristic or his uh, that activity of being a creator is very closely related to his characteristic as a redeemer uh, to me those things are closely related because god loves to also to take difficult sometimes impossible situations and circumstances flip those things around see them from a different perspective and make something meaningful and purposeful out of those because god has a beautiful imagination, God is an innovator, God is a creator, that is who He is. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the the, the very land we're standing on today. When we look out and we see the vista of Mount Rainier and all the cascades when the mountain is out... God created all that. When we can see that Christmas star that, that appeared a couple weeks ago, you heard about the Christmas star uh, that appeared a couple weeks ago. I looked out to look at the Christmas star, but what I saw was clouds. I couldn't see the Christmas star, but it apparently was out there for some people to see. But God created that, the sun and the moon, uh, the, the, all of the creation as we know it, God has created, it didn't exist at one time, it had a beginning, there was nothing, and then God spoke it into existence, what we can see, God created the heavens and the earth. And then it says in verse 2, now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, formless and empty, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. It's hard for us again to get our head wrapped around what exactly does that mean? The earth was formless and empty. It was just I, I kind of picture this just this just ever moving sort of amoeba without clear shape or form. Um, the 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 message ma- the magazine, <laughs> the message version, says it was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, a soup. Of nothingness. It's like a a, a, a black fog, da- darkness over the surface of the deep. It was formless. There's chaos, there's no apparent order uh, to it. So that's where we are. The, 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 the earth was formless and empty, darkness over the surface of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. There he is. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the darkness, he's hovering, getting ready to do something new, getting ready to do something amazing, getting to do, ready to do something creative. The Spirit of God is hovering over the darkness. And then it says in verse 3, and God said, and God said, here's the thing. When the Spirit of God is hovering and God speaks, something great is about to happen. When the Spirit of God is hovering, whether, whatever the chaos may be, whatever the disorder may be, whatever the difficulty may be, when the Spirit of God is hovering and God speaks, something great is about to happen. And then it says, let there be light, and there was light. Again, at the breath of his voice, God turned darkness into light. He turned chaos into order. He turned a soup of nothingness into beauty at the breath of his voice. The creation story goes on, and he creates land and, and sea and sun and stars and moon, and, and then he creates plants and he creates animals, and then it gets down to verse 26. And in verse 26, It says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image. Now, why does it say the word us? Uh, Because we know God the Father is there creating. We also know that Jesus the Son was there. In, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Nothing has been made... Uh, without him, Jesus was there at creation, and of course we know the Spirit of God was there, hovering over the darkness surface of the deep. And so, uh, when he says, "Let us make man in our image," I believe he's talking about the 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 the, the Trinitarian uh, God Godhead that he he's saying we're going to make man in our image and and he and he says listen so so here's god as revealed as our creator creates all this beauty out of nothing and out of chaos and and then he makes man in his image he says listen i'm going to i'm going to make somebody who's going to be like myself now i think i may have said this before i can't remember if i've said this here before or not i know i've taught it at discover ministry school which some here had had been in but One of the reasons that God doesn't want us to make a graven image, the second commandment, don't make an idol, one of the reasons He doesn't want us to make a graven image is because there's nothing we could make that could could completely capture the fullness of who God is. That's, That's one. Secondly, of course, He doesn't want us to worship something that is created. He wants us to worship the Creator, not the created. But the other reason that God doesn't want us to make a graven image is because He's already made that image. He's made it in you and I. He has made us in His image. And when we create something uh, out of our own hands and we put our attention or our, our, our uh, worship toward that, then we are actually devaluing the image He's made in us. He said, no, you are the ones who are to be my image bearers. And we've also, when we do that, we abdicate our responsibility who are, who are to be the ones as the ones who carry that image, that likeness of God around. We're supposed to be the ones that are bearing the image of God in our community and in our world. That's why He doesn't want us to make a graven image. So what we see here in the beginning is is a creative God, a God with um, unbelievable imagination, incomprehensible imagination. And that word imagination, uh, the definition of that word is this, the act or power of forming an image of something not present to the senses Or never before wholly perceived in reality. The actor power of forming an image of something not present to the senses or never before wholly perceived in reality. We tend to think of imagination as something that's just happening in our mind, but for God, it's something that happens out of His mind and into reality. God took that which does not, did not yet exist in reality or that which was currently in a form of chaos and created something of beauty and something of meaning and something of purpose. And at the pinnacle of that creation was His creation of you and I. That's the pinnacle of His creation. So God in His imagination creates us in, in His image and then He says this, I want you to imitate me. Creates us in His image. He says, I want you to continue the work that I've started. I want you to partner with me to continue the mission that I'm on to create this beautiful world that I've created. Of course, we struggled to do that. We sinned. We wanted to do it our own way. We wanted to define good, good and evil in our own terms. And chaos ensued, and then darkness returned, right? So, so God creates us in His image. He says, I want you to imitate me, but we don't do that. And then what happens is there's more chaos because we didn't do what God... Uh, asked us to do in our, because of our sin. The people found themselves in darkness and that happened for generation after generation after generation. There was darkness and then there was this period of silence where the people hadn't heard from God in, in quite some time. But then on that very first Christmas morning a couple thousand years ago, you know what was happening? The Spirit of God was hovering over the darkness. The Spirit of God was hovering over the darkness. And then, The Scripture tells us that God spoke to Mary. Remember when I said the Spirit of God is hovering and God speaks, something great is about to happen. And that's what happened. The Spirit of God is hovering over this darkness that God's people were in. God speaks to Mary. And he he says, you'll be with child and give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. And then God speaks to Joseph. What is conceived in Mary is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. God, in his redemptive creativity, out of his holy imagination, he says this, listen, these image bearers of mine are broken, so I need to show them what it means, what it looks like to be an image-bearer. So He sends His Son, Jesus, of course. He lays down His rights as God and leaves the limitless space of heaven. He he, he leaves that. He he enters into the confines of our space and time. I, I think it's hard for us to understand this. It's hard for us to get our minds around this, but... But imagine leaving not only your home and familiar surroundings to be confined to some other place, but also leaving the limitless space and, and limitless time that you are uh, existing in. Uh, and and he, had, he had no boundaries. And suddenly Jesus is confined to the space and the time that he created for us to live within. And he is completely, he's born to Mary, Mary, um, and and he's he's placed in a manger, and he's completely dependent on his mom and dad. I mean, it, it's hard for us to fathom the, 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 the significance and the implications of this. I tried to think of an illustration, like, what's an illustration that could compare to that? There are no illustrations that can compare to what Jesus uh, 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 limited himself to. I did think about my neighbor, my next-door neighbor that lives right next to me. Some of his family got uh, COVID, and... And so they had to quarantine and he and his son got COVID. And so he and his son had to quarantine in their bedroom for 10 days together. They just had to be in that one bedroom for 10 days, distant from their, uh, the rest of their family. So here he is, he's in his home, but he's locked up in his bedroom for 10 days with his son, his small son. He couldn't go to the rest of his house. He couldn't get in his truck. He couldn't go anywhere. He's just confined to that space. But even that, and I, and I thought, man, that'd be really frustrating. Um, and not to mention you're there for 10 days, 24-7 with that Small child, which I'm sure he loves, but but the the challenge of that. Um, but 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 I think about what Jesus entered into and the confines, the constraint of that, out of his limitlessness into that constraint, and what a mess he entered into. But you know what was happening? The Spirit of God was hovering over the mess. The Spirit of God was hovering over the chaos, over the darkness, and Jesus comes onto the scene and he begins to help us to see with new eyes. He begins to help us to see things in new ways. He's helping us see something never before perceived in reality. He was alighting our imagination, is what Jesus was doing. The Apostle Paul tells us in Colossians 1.15 that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. That if we want to know what God is like, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And when Jesus came, of course, I don't need, I'm don't. i not going to get all into this because I could spend weeks on this, but Jesus, of course, came in humility. He walks in love. He fought for the underdog. He spoke up for the vulnerable, the marginalized, the broken. He uh, set free and gave hope to those who are in bondage to sin and those who are locked in shame. He helped us see things in new ways. He helped us see things from different perspectives where people, where the religious world says you can't hang out with sinners, Jesus actually went into their home and, and ate with them uh, where where the people said, no, the Sabbath, you gotta, you got to respect the Sabbath, you got to honor the Sabbath, and they thought man was for the Sabbath. Jesus says, no, man's not for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is for you. It's for your benefit. When people only saw the limitations they had of why they couldn't do things, Jesus performed the miraculous. I think about the man at the pool of Bethesda who Uh, He couldn't get down into the water because everybody else was getting into the water before him to try to get healed. And Jesus says, oh yeah, you can't get to the water, but here I am. I'm here. I can do something that you never thought of before. And Jesus heals him instantly. I I think about the feeding of the 5,000, of course, where... Where they said, well, we can't feed all these people because we don't have the resources. And they're looking at the things they couldn't do. But Jesus could see things through a different perspective, through a different lens, through his holy imagination. He says, oh, yeah, you watch what I can do if you'll give me what you have. And Jesus is able to do things and able to see things from a different perspective. He said, listen, you want to be great? Be a servant. He elevated women and children to places of honor where in a society that had relegated them to places of inferiority he wanted us to see things from a different perspective in a new way through a new holy imagination. Jesus lived in complete holiness. He lived in complete submission to God the Father of course and then in his in the great act Of love, Jesus offered himself, offered his life, and showed the ultimate expression as he laid down his life for us. And then rising from the dead gives us victory and then gives us his Holy Spirit to live inside of us, which Pastor Jeff spoke about so beautifully, to live inside of us so that we could live like he lived, so that we could live in the intention that God desired us for us to live in. Jesus' life, his life showed us what our life could look like. But Jesus saw things through a holy imagination. He saw things through different eyes. And Romans eight twenty nine tells us, For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to what? To the image of His Son. That we are made in His, in his image. That image got broken, but God wants us to be conformed to the image of His Son. He wants us to be like Him. In uh, Colossians 3, 9, and 10, it says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the what? After the image of its creator. After the image of its creator. We are made in His image. And I am so grateful to serve a God who has imagination, a God who is creative, a God who can help us to see things in new ways. And I am convinced that in the midst of this chaos we have found ourselves in in 2020 because the reality is 2020 has been a year full of all kinds of different chaos. Worldwide and uh, uh, up and down our West Coast, there's all kinds of different chaos. This church, Celebration Center, found itself in a bit of turmoil At the beginning of the fall, unexpected, in an unexpected pastoral transition. And so we have experienced together as a church, we have experienced together as a country, we have experienced together as a world some chaos and some difficulty in 2020. And in the midst of all of that, you know what I believe was happening? I believe the Spirit of God was hovering over the chaos. I believe the Spirit of God has been hovering over the darkness and He is looking for those who will hear Him speak. He's looking for those who, who will listen to His voice and when He does speak and as He does speak, as the Spirit of God is hovering, something great is about to happen. God is up to some great things. So many people saw 2020 as a terrible year, and yes, it was difficult, and, and for many it was tragic. I lost friends in 2020, and that breaks my heart. But we, so many of us have seen 2020 as a terrible year. In some ways it was, but it has also been so great to see the creative imagination come out of the chaos because the Spirit of God has been hovering over it, and He loves to do that. We've seen new ways of working We've seen new ways of communicating that we've never done before. We've seen new ways of doing church together that we've never done before. We might not like them. I'm not suggesting we have to like all the new things, but we've seen new, creative, innovative ways to do things. My wife, we, in, in the midst of some of these transitions, and one of these particular t- church transitions that we were dealing with, not the one with Celebration Center, but she made a statement to me and another one of our board members uh, who was there at the time and, and and it was a very simple statement but a very profound t- statement she said she said listen don't settle because we had gotten to a spot in this particular transition and we thought well man I'm not sure what we're gonna do I'm not sure you know maybe this is what we this is what we have and so this is what we should go with and and and, and you made the statement and, and it was simply you know what don't settle don't settle and that statement was like a word from the Lord because God is bigger than our understanding, and then in another in another situation, she's sitting there. She's just sort of casually sitting there, and uh, we're talking about another transition, and and she said, you know what? What if what if what if he did this? And she talked about it, a, a, a different way of seeing that, uh, a, a different solution to that particular church's transition. And that statement triggered a whole new way of thinking for us that we hadn't thought about. And I thought about the statements that she's made to me. And she—I didn't ask her if I could say this, and I know she doesn't want me to. But I'm sorry. I love you. Um, <laughs> But, but I thought about the, those things she said to me, and, and the reason I, I believe that she sees through those eyes is because my wife uh, has seen God through new eyes in the last few years through some of the personal things she's been through. She's seen the Spirit of God hovering over her difficulty. She has heard God speak, and because of that, great things have happened, and she sees God through a bigger perspective. And in times when I've seen God through too small of a perspective, she's helped me to see, don't settle for something that only you can do. Trust that God can do something that only He can do. And I'm so grateful for that because it has changed the course of how we've done some things. Listen, there's a church in Southern California called Summit. They launched in the midst of the pandemic what they call a digital campus, and they are now reaching thousands of people every week that they never reached before. A church of a couple hundred people, they're now reaching thousands of people who have actual engagement with them online every week. They called it their digital campus, and they're seeing lots of people come to Christ because they're seeing things from a new perspective. We have a church in Eugene, our Church Cove Church, who you'll hear from Pastor Aaron next week. They relaunched as a totally new expression of their church through this pandemic. In San Jose, our open Bible church in San Jose, who was shut down and meeting only online, the pastor their Pastor Dwayne Sayer, just received the from their Chamber of Commerce their president's medal for exemplary service during the COVID-19 pandemic because of the way they served their community in the midst of a time when their church couldn't physically meet. Um, uh, uh, Creekside Church... The church from where Pastor Dustin is coming, uh, Pastor Terry in that church said that more people have been giving their lives to Christ than at any other time because of their online extension of ministry. Listen, the Spirit of God can do things in new ways if we will look at, at what's happening through new perspective through His eyes. And I'm really thankful for the new ways that God is speaking to the church because we've also begun to understand that some of the familiar ways didn't always result in the kind of disciples that Jesus wants us to be. And we're remembering that church is so much more than just a Sunday morning gathering. It's so much more than that. We're understanding that worship is so much more than 20 minutes of singing. Listen, our whole life should be an expression of worship, and there's all kinds of ways we can worship, and we're remembering that. Do we want to sing all together again and have a full worship team up here again? Yes, and that will happen, but I hope we'll remember that worship is so much bigger than that, and church is so much bigger than just this gathering. And those who have been insistent on doing it or just waiting to do it the way we used to do it are going to miss the creative wind of the Spirit who brings imagination into the chaos. God's people should be at the forefront of creative imagination down through history. It's been God's people who have been at the forefront of beautiful art, beautiful music, beautiful architecture. It's been God's people because God has put the, the, the creative imagination of His Spirit within us but listen, he isn't going to take us back to what was. The Spirit of God will always help us see things from a new perspective, and is always leading us forward. 2021, there's going to be a lot of things we're going to still have to deal with, and 2021 is going to have its own share of difficulties. But every change and every challenge to our familiar way of life is an opportunity for the Spirit of God to do something new and creative in us so that we might be able to display the goodness and the glory of God to those in our communities. So here's my question. I asked it at the beginning, I ask it to close. I close with this question Will you be a person this year with God driven imagination? Will you be a person this year to see things through his eyes? And here's the prayer on that particular part. God, please help me be open to new ways of seeing. In the midst of my own personal chaos, maybe you're going through a difficulty in your life. Maybe you're facing an obstacle. Maybe you're dealing with a frustration. Maybe there's has been darkness in a situation. God, you created me in your image. And you're a creator. You're an innovator. You're a redeemer. God, would you help me to see through your eyes? Help me to have new ways of seeing. So will you be a person this year with God-driven imagination to see things through his eyes and with Jesus-driven imitation to be like him? So here's the prayer there. Jesus, please make me in your image. Jesus, please make me in your image. Would you just bow your heads with me? Listen, if you're here in this room or if you're watching online, wherever you are, whenever it is, if you've been in chaos, if you've been in darkness, if maybe God has felt distant to you, Here's what I believe with all my heart. The Spirit of God is hovering over that darkness right now. The Spirit of God is there. He's hovering over the darkness. And God wants to speak to you today. God wants you to hear His voice today. And and when the Spirit is hovering and God speaks, something great is about to happen. And would you just be willing today, would you be willing this year to say, God, help me hear your voice. Help me be open to new ways of seeing, new ways of doing, new ways of thinking. God, put in me your imagination so that I can imitate Jesus, so I can be like him. God, would you do that in these lives today? If you're here and you're listening to my voice this morning and and maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you find your life in some chaos, feel like you're in darkness, listen, the Spirit of God is hovering and God wants to speak. God God wants you to hear Him calling you to Himself and give you the life he, He created for you to be in the image of God, to be like Jesus. And if you'll say yes to that voice, something great will happen in your life. He'll give you the kind of purpose, the kind of meaning He created you to live within. He'll forgive you of your sin. He'll cleanse you of all of that. And He'll give you a new life to live in. The Spirit of God is hovering. God is speaking. Would you say yes to Him? God, would you do that this morning in lives? God, would you change lives? Would you change our perspective? Would you help us to live in the image of God with creative imagination to be like Jesus? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Would you stand with me? I want to say thank you for being here this morning at Celebration Center. I want to say Happy New Year to you. And I just pray that you would go in the goodness and in the grace and in the holy imagination of your Father God. Amen? Amen. Have a great afternoon. Thanks for being here.